The Burroughs of Berea is a conversational podcast. We study the Bible and we talk about it. Not all of us are of the same faith, and one of us doesn't actually have a faith. And that's wonderful. We all love one another, and we're going to continue to talk about these things. The things we believe in and the things we believe about what we read in the Bible. Not all of these are necessarily true. Some of it is opinion and speculation. Thank you for listening and speculating with us. There you go. That was good. Yes. (laughs) You are listening to the Burroughs of Berea. Well, welcome back to the Burroughs of Berea. I am Rick Welch, and to my left is Sarita, the Edge Edgerton. Dun, 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 dun. Here I am. <laughs> hey, y'all. I thought you were going to do the the position is title thing again. Yeah, the, the, to my left is Sarita Eye Candy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We just rotate the seats, and whoever's <laughs> in whatever seat just gets that title. That's like right. a Snickers, I'll make you laugh. <laughs> Uh, oh, you should have said like a snicker. I'll satisfy you. No, <laughs> I am not really accusing. That's now, more his now. thing. Behind the glass, Rocket Man, Andy Bishop. Yes, I am. Yes, you are. And to my right, I don't have any songs ready. It's so me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Cherry the Annihilator, Lewis. Our cherry pie. Oh, God. Cool drink of water, such a sweet <laughs> I hated that song. I know, that yeah, I knew you did, yeah. That was Warren. I pulled out some Warren from the you're day. In, you're in good company because Warren also hated that song. They surely did. <laughs> that is not the song they wanted to be, number one, for no, them. So. No, they were, they were making fun of songs in the studio. Oh, yeah, I didn't know it that. Was, it was a joke about songs like that. Oh. And the label was like, well, love it. There's your single. And they were like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Man. Well, so we don't have Billy. We don't have Ralph. We don't have Josh. We don't have Rick. And uh, I guess you heard on the last episode when we were here that uh, Sarita announced that Josh Sexton is now a full-time member. And uh, through through much pain and agony uh, and tears when I asked him if he wanted to be that, you know, he was very unsure. Well, he's got to – I mean – if, if you listen to his uh, testimony, yeah. you know, that he has obligations and things going on. And uh, and I love him. I'm super excited about him being here. But yeah. Yeah. yeah just seems yeah. like a thing you'd have to spend a minute on. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not, but due to his condition, he was unable to continue pastoring. And so he's no longer the pastor of the, the church. And, yeah. And that's, and you know, but family first for him, and that's what he's going to do. So I, I commend him on that. Um, we still haven't gotten back to the Hebrew study. And uh, which is very disappointing. We started that in January, and here we are in June. We've only done five episodes. It's okay. They don't add another chapter until August. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. When we get done with the full study, you can always put it all together. Maybe I'll package it up on Patreon all together for you um, so that you can listen to we'll it. We'll be row. 482 years <laughs> I know. old. I know. Um, so, do you know what you call an elephant? That doesn't really matter. Oh. Mike Pence. Ooh! Wow. Mm. You think he's did a turncoat, did, did, don't you? Did. No, I just don't think he no. matters. Just would you kidding. say? I'm he, just kidding. Would you say that he's made himself irrelevant? Uh, <laughs> also, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely true. Also, yes. <laughs> I have a joke. Let's hear it. Where do cousins come from? I don't know. Ant what? holes. Uh, oh, <laughs> good lord! <laughs> Out of nowhere, wow! Jerry, the annihilator, uh, bringing Lewis. it, bringing it hardcore. So, what we're going to do, since we're not in the Hebrew study, um, and we did that big question episode not too long ago, something that I wanted to get into was the Sermon on the Mount. We're not going to do like a massive study of the Sermon on the Mount. We're just going to kind of get into it a little bit. And one of the ones, the things that I want to get into, are the Beatitudes. And Andy, have you ever heard that term, the Beatitudes? Yeah, I'm thinking of a a uh, a uh, gender queer goth band that I record and love. Uh, they have a song called Beatitude. Really? So, so that's that's what I was thinking of earlier. They're amazing. They're called Reversals All Ease. Uh, jack up their views. I don't care if it's because you don't like it. Just yeah. watch their stuff on YouTube so it gets more views. <laughs> 
They're amazing people, by the way. Yeah. Hey, I discovered that I'm cisgender. I didn't oh, even yeah. know what it meant. But we were we were looking into like gender identity. I said, I'm cisgender. And do not call me sissy for short. Um, do you know what cisgender means? No. How about you? Sarita, do you know what cisgender is? What is it? It is the uh, word that is used to apply to a either straight heterosexual male or a heterosexual female who identifies as a man or a woman. Yeah, based on their biology. I don't know where cis comes from, though. I don't um, know what no. it means, but I don't I, I'm not. Do not ever call me a cisgender person. You I don't. am a woman. Yes, you and are. And you will call me a woman, Ooh. and I'm not going Ooh. to perpetuate yeah. a lie. Spicy. <laughs> not going to do it. I am not cisgendered. I am a woman. Okay. I've always been a woman, and I always will be a woman. I have given birth to four children. I've had a period for many, many years, and I'm going through menopause, oh. so don't mess with me. Have you I'm ever, just kidding. I'm ha, just kidding. Listen, have you ever seen that movie, I'm Going to Get You, Sucker? Oh, yeah. It's for been a, you many years that ago. Woman, when yeah. that woman... <laughs> <laughs> like her eyes turn red and her hair like stands straight up and she's like, leave me alone. That's what she just looked like. By the way, you're a very wonderful woman. So, and that's awesome. Uh, I didn't know what cisgender was. And, Where have you been? Uh, obviously. In uh, Western North Carolina? Sitting in my recliner watching YouTube and not on that. I don't know. I didn't know either. Yeah. Really? No. Nah. No, I didn't I'm know that. I'm just me. Yeah. Are you a woman? Yep. Oh, I did have a conversation with somebody the other day that that um, wants me to use the pronouns they. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cool. I mean, that's fine. I don't care to use it. Um, but I said, am I allowed to say they is? <laughs> and I want to be able to. I think, fine. If I have to use the word they, because sometimes in grammar, it doesn't work. And so I love to say, they is sitting right there. <laughs> And I, what does it sound like? I don't know why you wouldn't just go Ibonics. for R. No, no, no. They are it's, sitting right there. They are sitting right there. It's fine. There are times whenever in a sentence it doesn't quite work, right? But you have to construct the sentence in a specific, specific way. I, I agree that it requires a, albeit very small amount of redefinition of how you think of they. Yeah. Because I generally think of it as plural. Yeah, me too. And so it takes, it, it took me a while to like, not have it feel bumpy and weird in a sentence, but it's just a definitions thing. So you just got to redefine it for yourself and move what on. What is a they then? Huh? What do they want to be a they? What's it's I'm just, lost. It's just that it's something that you don't know about this either. The, passionately as Sarita wants to be called a woman, some people feel awkward because they feel like the definitions don't fit them. I think I have a lot of thoughts on why that is. I mean, obviously, there's more than one reason, but, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah, if you've ever it's done just, like a just, Zoom call or something, you'll see like, oh, they'll have like he, him, or you know, she, her. Or yeah, you'll but, see that, right? Yeah. So, but I just don't get where the the they falls in there. So some people they're not really sure, and so they want to use the term they, and then it just it they is just the one that kind of. There was a lot of uh, like gender neutral pronouns bandied about. Z was one. I can't remember a bunch of the others. And they just kind of was the was the option that stuck because it's a word that's already I think so commonly in use that people didn't have to like remember a new vowel and consonant sound. I think it's that simple. So they is just the one that won. That. So in like okay, so just kind of like what you said. Let's construct a sentence. I would say she was standing right there. They were standing right there. Is, is I the go problem. where you go when I see when then I would think there was more than one person standing right, there. right, and that's yeah. again that's like that to me, and and I don't mind like oh yeah whatever. The, my only problem with my only problem with people that want like new and interesting pronouns is when I forget them. I feel like an old man, and that drives me nuts. Yeah. I don't care about the word. It's just when I miss it, I feel like a dunce. Yeah. And I don't like that. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but I was just kind of thinking the same thing. You know how what you mean? Um, there's certain, uh, okay, when, when, an older generation would call people colored people. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Okay. Yeah, and I think it's so, probably not not a terrible. I mean, obviously, it's right. different, but I mean, not the worst metaphor. So a lot of people would look at that person and, real, you know, look at their age and just kind of go with, well, and just overlook like, it because that's how— Cringe a little yeah, bit, so but be you, like, yeah, you know, they're, they're 
60. They, they yeah. don't know any better. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Have an, I have an employee that um, isn't really militant about it, um, but prefer to have the pronoun they. They prefer it. And so— I've never met a person that wanted to be called they that was militant about it. Yeah. They would much prefer somehow that they could have that and also completely not be noticed, Mm -hmm. usually, is the underlying thing. Which is difficult to do because now I'm trying to educate. Now, so I could be like this. I could say, no, sorry, that's not how we do it here. This is where my place is. If you don't like it, you can go. But that's not the kind of person that I am. I'm like, okay, can I ask you this question? Yeah. If I mess up, are you going to be upset? Oh, no, not at all. Okay, great. Thank you. Because I'm going to. Because yeah, that's totally. what's going to happen. <laughs> yes, that's, yeah. You know? Sure. I did I did one of the review, and I made sure, like, I remembered. I was like, I'm just going to put it like this. You know, this is fine. Because it's something that she's going to read. Mm-hmm. What did I just do? Yeah, you just did it. Yep. It's something that they are going to read. It's hard to learn. See see how quick? Did you hear we're the, old people. Wow. <laughs> yeah, because we're old people. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think maybe being old is so bad. No, no, no. No, it's I'm not. Just, and, like, but it's hard to, like, yeah. I, you know, I'm. Somebody's going to be older. That's right. <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh, no, yes, Andy. It's happening. I'm Andrew, 30 tomorrow. <laughs> Andrew Aaron Bishop. Are you going to, how old are you going to be? 46? Yeah. He said 30. Check you out. 46. Should not do that. You still look really good for your age, bro. Oh, thank you. You really do. Those yeah. are not the words people want to hear. Like, <laughs> you look really for good for your age. For your those age, those yeah. words. You yeah. look really good for having four children. Yeah. You mean I'm fat? Yeah, like <laughs> that's what you, you really meant. Like a lard ass, but yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like a lard. You know, but yes. yeah. For a guy who's had his ass surgically attached to his own <laughs> neck, you look great. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. The way that our society's going, it's hard to navigate it sometimes, you know, for my age. You know? I, I mean, Cherry's parallel is per, is close to perfect. I don't want to say it's perfect because it is a different struggle mm-hmm. in many ways. Uh and it but but I mean that's as close as I'm gonna come quick, fast, in a hurry mm-hmm. to the thing where language that was common and and permissible, and then the rules change. Yeah. yeah. And then it's just not anymore. And then, but if you have 40 years of that, that's, and, and then it's going to be a, it's, you're going to be slow to catch on because you have 40 something years of training in this, in this one way. And then, and then B, people just automatically don't like change. So a certain amount of people are going to be like, I'm not going to, but, but that doesn't come from any real place other than just like good old fashioned stodginess most of the time, you know? It's not like they're angry at the people. They're just like, that's not how it works. You're just yeah. like, well, it's not how it worked. Yeah. Yeah. There was, there. you know, I was thinking about the civil rights movement this morning. I wrote a, a, a piece that I shared on our Facebook account. And I was thinking about that movement and what it was like for, in the South, the majority, you know, of, of white people, Caucasian people. And some of them, you know, fundamental Christians, and not all of them, by the way, just some of them, that were, they were bigots, but they didn't really believe that they were bigots. They thought this was normal for society, right? A large portion of people that, this is the problem that a lot of people that get in their feels about when people talk about races, a lot of white people get in their feels about, people do not understand their own racist behaviors as racist. And and that's not to like capital R racist. That's Mm -hmm. like little tiny R racist. Yeah. Like the behaviors that feel and look and seem completely normal to them that are off-putting, that are treating two different kinds of humans slightly differently, slightly mm-hmm. differently. Mm-hmm. Not like not like running at one with a pickaxe and the other with money, like slightly differently. Mm-hmm. And but they just you just don't see it in yourself. And that's the problem people have. Yeah. They just don't know they're doing it. Well, I was I was I was thinking about you know, America and the way that Everything seems so divided right down the middle, and it always has, really. America's always been—that's what a free society is, If right? you go back and look at old newspapers and stuff, you'll find that this whole, there used to be a center, we all agreed on thing, was largely kind of a myth. Yeah, it doesn't make any not, sense. Not entirely, but 
but we've been quite polarized many times before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but it, it seems to be that with our constitution, that we're all seeking the the right to life, to liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I was really doing a study on the word liberty and what it really means, you know. And oh yeah, I, I meditate, not meditate in the Hindu sense, but as in think about about freedom occasionally because yeah. it's just a word whose definition borders on absurdity depending on how you define it. Exactly, and and I kind of came to this revelation or realization on my own this morning as I was thinking about it, is that liberty has to be defined, I think, by morality. If you're going to be in a free society that can be successful, otherwise it's ran totalitarian or it is dictator. Now, you can have a dictatorship that loves you, and that's a great government system, to be honest with you. Sure, a dictatorship you get, with someone that loves you? If you can get that kind of lucky. Uh, sure. Yeah, if you can. Yeah. I, I would say that's probably the closest thing would be, no, not for you. Well, Sarita just doesn't think it's possible. I right. just don't think it, it. You may start out with a very loving person, but then that person dies or gets deep. Right. dethroned or whatever yeah. you call it, and then the guy, the bad person comes in, and, mm-hmm. and it makes it absolutely unbearable. Sure. Can I read what I wrote this morning? We'll just— um, I insist that you do not. <laughs> we'll see what this—I'd really like to hear your take on this, man, because yeah, this is—it's sure. a maybe we won't get into the Sermon on the Mount today, but let's just see. I like to talk about this stuff. So I put, for most of us Americans, this picture would be a great representation of what we think the state of our country is. Divided. So the picture is actually a donkey on a cliff on one side with a giant gap between them and then an elephant on the other, right? So it's kind of like the Democrat-Republican rift that's going on in our country, which has always been the case, to be honest with you. But it always wasn't Democrat and Republican. There used to be Whigs. There used to be other parties, right? So I said, in our nation's history, we've had moments where the phrase, united we stand or divided we fall, was the common theme. And although that phrase isn't just an American one, the most notable time it was used in our history was from the Liberty Song by one of our founding fathers, John Dickinson, in 1768. Yeah, uh, I definitely associate that with the the, uh, the revolution. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the independence. So in the fourth verse of this pre-revolutionary war song, it goes, Then join hand in hand, brave Americans all, by uniting we stand, by dividing we fall. And so righteous a cause, let us hope to succeed, for heaven approves of each generous deed. Now, if you notice, when he says, for heaven approves, now it takes a turn, right? In this verse, this isn't. This is something about belief, obviously, in heaven. When a country has a common enemy coming from outside, the country unites to stop them. They put aside their differences to thwart an attack on the liberty that they've had. And countless men and women have served and died to protect that liberty for all. To be perfectly honest, that wasn't true for the minority races living in America at that time. Well, I mean, you can back that up and say it wasn't necessarily true for the uh, the people that weren't of means even during the Revolutionary War. That's what I'm saying. I, yeah. Just people of means? Yeah, it's, it really was— <sighs> I don't know what the line was, but there wasn't like a massive plurality of people that were anti-British, right? It was um, it was like way closer. It was thirty percent were in favor of revolting against the Brits. So to so start there, out with, so it was like it started as a minority. Thank you, history teacher. <laughs> so so it started. Thank as you, a, Gary Demar, as oh. a minority and. And the people who wanted it were the people that would gain the most from it just because that's how it works. I'm not trying to be cynical. It always sounds cynical when you say shit like that. But that's just how it works. Some people stood to gain a lot to have life-changing wealth inherited from a massive change of power like that. And a lot of people stood to have no life change. Listen, the war machine has always been whatever civilization that you— are in the war machine was the money maker. Absolutely. You had to have food, you had to have bullets or swords or arrows or bows or whatever. And if you were the person who could make those and make those really well, you learned you earned a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So it becomes and I think what he's maybe trying to say is elite versus those who aren't elite. That that is stands what I'm trying to, to say. make although a better deal yeah. out of this. 
It's it's not to say elite versus the non-elite because that makes it sound like that makes it sound like a war on the poor when they're just not factored into it. Yeah. Right? It's not a Except as cannon fodder. Except right, except as a means to an end, but it's not like it's not anti-poor. It's just they're concerned with themselves and that's that's it, you know. Yeah. Sorry, so no, no, in the middle of what you were saying. No, it's fine. Um, what and what I was saying was that there it wasn't true for the minority races living in America at that time. Yeah. This did not affect them. I mean, it affected them, but it wasn't something that they had any control over whatsoever. Um, and there would still remain an oppression of a different type that would continue from that point on. And yet, when we're a divided country and are, are unable to come to an agreement. This is obviously internal. It can descend us into a chaotic civil war, which we've seen. And each side is, well, we haven't seen, but our history has. Each side is fighting for their own idea of liberty. So if you think about the South, they believed that their freedom was that they could do and run their economy however they saw fit, which was different from what the Union would say how they should run their economy. I'm not talking about just the slave trade, but obviously the slave trade had something to do with it. Sure. So. From that point on, what I'm seeing is like the redefinition of the word liberty as time goes on. Because what is liberty to somebody in the 1800s is not necessarily liberty to me today. It's kind of the same. I don't even know what it means. So let's, let's see if we can get into it. So the definition of liberty is the state of being free within society from oppressive restrictions imposed by authority on one's way of life, behavior, or political views. That is from the Merriam-Webster definition of liberty. Those in an authoritative role voted in that role by people are subject to the same laws we ourselves are governed by. Each take an oath to protect and preserve the Constitution of the United States of America. So the civil rights movement redefined liberty for all Americans. There were laws built into our state and local governments that actually restricted the liberties of others. For example, a small black girl could not go into a white woman's restroom. Isn't the girl that was the first black girl in a white grade school, isn't she still alive? Yes. She's still alive. Yeah, that wasn't long ago. That's how close we are. Anyway, sorry, random thought. But that's that's a great point. Obviously, we have people living that who who endured this, right? So, um, these laws were found to be unconstitutional. That's the core of it here. And those within that movement, within the civil rights movement, were determined to enjoy the same liberty as everyone else. So... I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. I think it's called The Green Book. You ever heard of this movie? I've heard of it. I've not seen it. So The Green Book is about this book that was made by um, African-Americans whenever they traveled. Oh, the travel book. I did see that one. Yeah, it's a travel book. So whenever they would travel across the United States, um, there were people that they just wouldn't let you stay in a hotel. They wouldn't. Right. So it was a book of like bars and hotels that were safe. Gas stations. If you were black and traveling where you wouldn't like get It was a travel guide. Like, so you could say it it is 175 miles from this point to this point. You can get fuel at this location and you can stay at this location. Because the world at that time, their liberties were restricted. They couldn't just go anywhere. Okay. So yeah, you couldn't just buy gas anywhere. No, they wouldn't serve you just because of the color of your skin. Didn't matter that they weren't making any money selling it. They just would not serve you. And so their liberties were completely restricted. We don't live in that world today, right? Our society has changed. So that's why I say here that they'd called on the constitution. That's what Martin Luther King and a lot of these other civil rights movements, they called on that, the constitution to say, We have those same unalienable rights as everyone else does. Despite the color of our skin, we have that. And they redefined what liberty was. And and this is where it really kind of the rubber meets the road. In most cases, the leaders in their time called upon the great moral judge to assist in their definition of what liberty was. Think of Lincoln. Think of the founding fathers. They used an outside moral judge, the creator. They would use the words creator, right? So... 
Throughout the historical accounts of the major movements in America, some, but not all, sought God for the answer. Some would call on God to restrict the rights of others due to tradition and their beliefs. Do you understand that? Mm -hmm. There are people in the South that are saying, God, please don't let this happen. I don't want my little white daughter being in a school with a little black boy. That's what they're thinking in their mind. I don't want them to have to come to my church. I don't want them to have the rights. This is, I've got my world. You've got your world. This is my belief. This is my liberty. But yet, in the public domain, right. things change, don't they? Yeah. So what is the definition of liberty? So for them, their liberty is being restricted. But for the African-American, it's a totally different world. I, I, I've said this recently in here, but in life, it is amazing how many things just get reduced to definitions. I know. It, it is just constantly the problem is how do you define liberty? How do you define liberty? Mm-hmm. Because to some people, liberty means complete anarchy. I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And, at, you know, at the cost of my own health, at the cost of others' health, to some people, it goes that far. Yeah, and I'm it, actually going to get it, into that here in just a second. But, to, you know, but then there's the Merriam-Webster definition of uh, liberty, which is a little more tenable, I would say. Yeah. So it's just, yeah. You have this, well, we actually have the second definition of liberty coming up. So you have over here, you've got this group that says, okay, I don't want to have interracial relations. I don't want to have, you know, desegregated schools. God, help us. Then I have the other side, Martin Luther King and all of these other ministers that are walking down the streets and they're like, God, help us. We don't want to be treated differently. We want to have the same liberties as everyone else does. Why is it that I can't stop and sleep in this hotel? Why do I have to drive another 78 miles before they can serve me? I have to, you know, I'm going to end up sleeping in my car. I believe that the Constitution had to be objectively reinterpreted Mm -hmm. in order to grant rights for people of all colors in the United States of America, because I, I do believe when it was written, it was not people of minorities were not thought of. They were not. They were not thought of. That's not what the Constitution was about, it needed to be, it had to be, it was imperative, absolutely essential that it needed to be reread in a different way and redefined because that was the only way we were going to move forward. Mm-hmm. I disagree. I, I That's Even not what minorities? they were thinking of when okay, they wrote it. Only because there were a couple, Thomas Jefferson— being one of them, I know he oh, has no, a bad some, reputation. He let me some let me cool finish. Founding fathers. Okay, yes. he said the original text, which was written between Monroe, Madi- Monroe, Madison, Jefferson, they wanted to put life, liberty, life, liberty, and property. That was the original text. If you go back yep. and look at the first draft, yep. But because some people in our country thought of minorities as property, Mm. they didn't want to put that in our Constitution because of the way it can be interpreted. So they then went back with Benjamin Franklin's help, and they put in pursuit of happiness instead of property and changed the Constitution so that it would not seem to be a, even though many of them were slave owners at the time, some of them inherited it, some of them, when they died, they freed them, whatever, but that they did not want it codified into our United States Constitution that having slaves was an actual thing. And I know that we are dealing with, you know, we're talking about slavery here. You know, we weren't the first country to have slaves. We're not going to be the last country to have slaves. There are current slaves today in our country. And if you don't believe me, go down in the red light district of some major city because there's some pimp who is slaving out some young girl whatever color she might be, whatever nationality she might be, she's a slave to him. Mm-hmm. It's happening today. Yeah, sex trafficking is a form of slavery. We do not. Sure. Yeah. But they did not want to codify it into the Constitution. Now, did many people misinterpret it, just like many people misinterpret the Bible? Absolutely, of course. But if you go back and read their writings, which many people don't, don't care to do, let's just throw them all under the bus. They're a bunch of old white guys. Actually, they weren't. <laughs> that old. They weren't as old as any of us in this room when they wrote the actual, no. except for Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin was old as dirt, but he a was lot of them were in their like 20s because they were quite amazing. The yeah. two guys from it. South Carolina were 19 and 18. Yes, yeah, crazy how young they were. A lot Some of them. of them were just barely legal, what we would consider legal. Yeah. Um, you know, and 
They must have been really brilliant because I can tell you something. My brain doesn't work like this when I read the Constitution. So when you it's amazing. are you it's getting amazing to a point where you talk about freedom within a certain set of boundaries? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Here in just a second. So maybe, but hold that thought because bring it back. Okay. Bring okay. that. Bring that thought back. I'll try to remember. <laughs> old brain. I'm the oldest person. Keeping keeping your barely barely. And thank you for my birthday card, by the way. It's got a donkey on it. It does. Yeah. It's got a donkey on it. I found those, and I bought just I bought hands full of them. Now we're going to get them every <laughs> year like, until perfect. I don't know you no more. <laughs> <laughs> so although we do have liberty in this country, the issue is how that liberty is defined. So what is liberty exactly? We have a perfectly good definition, which we've just given you out of Merriam-Webster's Dictionary, but it doesn't necessarily define it the way that we would think of it. The second definition of liberty is the power or scope to act as one pleases, which is what you just said, Andy. Yeah, that's you know? the, the problematic definition right. of liberty. Yeah. So is that the liberty everyone wants? I, I don't think so. That's the liberty some people definitely want. And maybe they some do. Some people, for yeah. sure. In my opinion, we shouldn't, but that's my opinion. Ted if Bundy wanted the liberty to kill as many women as he and rape them as possible. Yeah. He sure. wanted that liberty. Absolutely. Right. Some people just want the liberty to drink as much beer as they possibly can until they die. Yeah. So along with the definitions and the way words change and definitions change, you know, you have this constant in the Constitution. And like Andy was saying about the way we reinterpret it, I think that people are trying to reinterpret it today, even based on the society that we live in right now. Yeah. So it seems that liberty historically was based on some moral foundation. That's what it looks like, right? So you can do what you please, yet it must be moral and not harm others. Let's let's look at it like that. So this, I believe, is why so many look to the Bible. The, at the golden time. rule. Yeah, the Bible for answers. The Bible was the original metaverse. I've, after doing the study of the metaverse, like, it is. Like, the Bible was the go-to for everything all over the world. It was Because it was the most predominant book, it was being printed, sure. right? It'd be the only book a lot of people had ever read. Exactly. So it was the metaverse of its time. And so... Men and women turned to it to define what morality was from God's perspective. The Creator was the great mediator of truth from an eternal outside perspective given to our finite lives. Without that great mediator, we are left as individuals to determine what is right and what is wrong. And if you live in a dictatorship or totalitarian governed society, then the dictator or government are that authority to the people, and they determine what is right and wrong. But in a free society, we have our constitution, and it allows us to live and breathe while attempting to change and redefine what liberty is in all of our times. Every time, every decade, we have new ways that we interpret world, the worldview in life. So in a free society, um, we have that. So are we truly divided today? That was my question. Are we truly divided today? It looks like it, but I don't think it's as divided as we really think. I really don't. And the media may incite the idea. Now, well, that's big. That's the truth. And that's on yeah, both sure. sides, right? Absolutely. I mean, the, the internet has made that so much worse. It has. Have you ever, like, seen a headline in an article and clicked through the article to literally have the article contradict the headline? <laughs> yes. That is a real I've thing. I've had a clickbait and read the article and it was nothing even that matched the title. I've, I've, I mean, I've full on read articles that contradict their own headlines mm-hmm. because, oh my God. And then, you know, people share, they don't read or just whatever gives them a little shot of adrenaline, makes them shake their fist. That's what probably, God, it's just, the internet is built to make that worse. Yeah. I, but I'll say this, Rick Carter shared one of my posts and I sent him a text and I was like, did you read it? And he was like, no. And I was like, ah, the next time I put one out, I'm going to put Rick Carter has a vagina. <laughs> Go ahead and share it. See what you do. Read it before you share it. <laughs> we had a good laugh over that. All right. So, Obviously, I'm not deaf and blind. I see and hear the rhetoric being thrown around. It's not unusual in a free society. It's not. However, the fear-mongering and limitations put on the people in recent years caused by COVID or even the thoughts of war or whatever it might be, they were, they, the, the way that they were handled definitely has created an ideological rift that made us all choose sides a little bit more intently. I can say that truthfully for my life. In my 48-year life... I, during the COVID times and after with the anti-vaxxers and vaxxers and all that stuff and the way things went, boy, it really did polarize because we were 
we were told we couldn't go to work. We couldn't leave our homes. We had all kinds of things going on. And there were some people that fought on the side of science and some people that fought on the side of freedom and liberty versus, you know, and then you were whatever. I mean, it was, it definitely divided us in that regard. It made it more intent. So there can be and will be at times in every society an abuse of power, and that is a fact. So if someone attempts to take away our Constitution and internally threatens our republic, do we have the power as American citizens to unite anymore? Do we even know how to do that? I mean, yeah, if the threat was correct. It'd have to be like wild, though. Yeah. But we are a republic, correct? Yeah. Exactly. Yes, we're a republic. So here's the definition of republic. It drives me crazy when people say, it's a threat to our democracy. Well, great, because we're not one. We're not a democracy. We're a republic. So a republic is a supreme power held by the people and their elected representatives, and, and which as an elected or nominated president rather than a monarch. Monarch. So you do have power as an American citizen to protect and maintain your liberty. But be careful, though, because your definition of liberty could make slaves of others. So as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's what's going on in my house. I believe he sent his son for everyone. I'm told to love others and even my enemies. And at the core of this teaching is the very God who, I believe, granted certain truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these our life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So even within the body of our Declaration of Independence, our founding fathers recognized the Creator and what He endowed upon mankind. That is a fact. Does this mean that an atheist who doesn't believe in a Creator does not have those same rights? No. What are you Uh, trying to say, Rick? Quite the opposite in America. You enjoy the same rights as I do. So, however, the moment they threaten the foundational principles of the Republic and attempt to remove the Creator from those documents— then where do we find the moral compass and liberty? Again, the argument is outside. Even the founding fathers, and some of them weren't believers, by the way, saw the uniqueness of the outside perspective of a great moral compass, the creator. So how do you find the moral compass today? I just think it's easier to put up something outside of humanity that people can't argue with. I just think it's an easier way to end the conversation. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I think it's practical. I think it's a way to keep from descending into absolute madness. I, I mean, how sure. are you gonna How are you going to do that if you don't have even arguments between people today? Psychologists they use media. They're mediators, right? A counselor, somebody who will sit inside and try to listen to both sides and try to come to some common ground. There's always something there. But what if that something there is unseen and you don't know? So what do you do with that? See, I think that that's why it's there. Because how do you have a moral compass without it? I think, I think and I don't think, Andy, that it's easier to be a believer than it is to not. It's, to not have easier, it it's not easier to be a believer. It's just easy when you're having a discussion to say because God said so than to like logic out the reason. Mm. Well, I, I, I think you know, it's just as a parent, an easier way to stop an argument. And as a parent, I never went into that because I said so. I went into why did I say so? What is the reason? So maybe you have discussions with somebody that says, well, because God said so. But no, let's go back and see historically how has that issue been ha- handled? How do we? How do people look at God and why did God say that? Because, you know, what I tell my children is we weren't given rules to be fuddy-duds, and I don't tell my child, don't touch the stove because it's hot, and it'll burn you because I don't want them to have any fun. I grab it's that a little protection. hand and show them what's up. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, no, that's not how it's done. I'm kidding. Sure, I'll do can, that one. You can stick a fork in that thing over there. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, run out in the road. It's fun There's for my everybody. Moral compass. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so I think— Maybe some people do put that, but, you know, those of us, like, I didn't always believe this way, but I had a certain standard that I lived my life by. When you go and look at it, it really is the Ten Commandments and and the moral compass that people— But that becomes a chicken or egg argument to me. Why is that? Yeah, I want to, let's hear that. That's why I even brought this up. Because where, where does that—this is difficult for you because you don't understand that it— I don't—you don't believe 
that it that it can come from somewhere else. And to I me, do. It's just I believe like, it's the herd. Why? I was taught that it came from the herd, man. My whole life, I was taught that it came from the herd. I'm, I'm not even sure it comes from the herd. I'm not even sure it comes from the herd. I'm sure it can come from the herd because different herds have different standards. That's right. Uh, but but how how I mean like so what is a couple thousand years ago? So what? Mm-hmm. So before that, people just did whatever they wanted. Nobody was ever nice to each other for any other reason. They, people were ten thousand years ago. Nobody ever just gave somebody a chicken because they were like, ah, they need this chicken and I have to. No, I don't think that. I don't think that at all. I don't think that's what the Ten Commandments are. So maybe religion is a reflection of man. Mm -hmm. And and maybe those rules you're talking about are a reflection of man Mm -hmm. as opposed to like man being a reflection of God. Yeah, I mean, if you look at— Because okay. those things you're speaking about, uh-huh. they're older than the Ten Commandments. Well, yeah, if you try to Much steal somebody's older. chicken, somebody's going to kill you for stealing something from them, correct? Absolutely. So well, after a while— yes. Maybe, depends. Maybe depends still, on the people maybe involved. Maybe they'll steal four of your chickens then. So you've got different groups. They're like, hey, if yeah. you take one of my chickens, I'm taking four of yours. That's yeah. how it works in our culture. So the Ten Commandments were nothing more than saying— this is what God says were, about Israel. They were codifying. They were there to codify the amount of chickens you were able to steal before getting murdered. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they wanted to know. They wanted to the know. The burning bush was also a great place to make your wings. <laughs> so if you have like, I think that this argument has been going on oh, as sure. long as you the dawn of man. This. Yeah, sure. And we are now going to solve it. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think it's a very interesting concept. I think that, the founding fathers understood that they needed the great moral compass outside of man's liberty. They had to be able to define it in some way, and the only way they could was to give it a moving target. And that moving target is something that can go along with society. We know this in the church. As we've grown in the church, right, we we change our approach in the way that we talk about the Bible. Even though it's 2,000 years old, we, we change our approach. Like, we talk about it differently than the way that they talked about it in 1611, or let's talk about like people like William Tyndale who were burned at the stake for even trying to translate the Bible. Totally different world, right? The words remain the same, but it's interpretation. The same way that it is with the Constitution, the way that you interpret it. So people yeah. are taking the Constitution today and they're reinterpreting it. Sure. Okay. Now, think about the Ten Commandments being removed from the courthouse. I didn't have a problem with them being in the courthouse because every single one of those commands are the foundation and the baseline minus the Sabbath in regard to what our laws state. You're not allowed to steal from people. You're not allowed to murder. And and about 50% of them do concern with not worshiping another god. That's right. Isn't that it? one counts more than any of them. No, I'm just kidding. So, in, But I'm just saying in that regard. So whenever, what, what has changed in our court system? You no longer have to put your hand on the Bible. That's yeah, you, new. Yeah. You, you, you can you, swear to yourself. You have, you have to swear to something. But, but here's the thing, like what's, what does it matter what you're swearing to? A person gonna lie, gonna lie. Yeah. You can make them swear on anything. It doesn't matter. You're like well, I don't even know what that means in the first place. Mm-hmm. Only that's only gonna that's only gonna work on an honest person. So I'll tell you this: there was a time whenever I was going into a courtroom, not a courtroom, but into like a um, not a notary. What do you call it? I was getting my marriage license. The what? DMV. No, no. Registered deeds. Yeah, the registered Register deeds. Deed, yeah. And while we were getting our marriage license, they made us put our hand on the Bible there. And um, I remember when they were like, okay, we want you to swear that all of the things that you're stating about yourself are true. Place your hand on the Bible. And it really hit me for a minute because I was like, why? Like, why do I have to put my hand on the Bible? And I I had struggled with belief, but it it really bothered me because it was almost like, I want to make sure that I got everything right on there because you know what I mean? Like it just hit me and it's whether it's culture or not, I wasn't even a true believer really at the time, but it just kind of hit me. It's like, huh, interesting. It's kind of like the specific doctrines that we learn in the church, you know, that control the way that we want, that we act and do. So that's one of the things that's been in my headspace is just the way that we are interpreting the constitution today. What do we consider about people in their unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. What is that? What is the pursuit of happiness? Does it mean that a person who uh, identify, who is a male who identifies as a woman is not a believer in God 
and wants to be able to be called what they want and to be able to have a relationship that they want, do they have the right as an American citizen to do that? And the answer is yes. They are American citizens. Well, I mean, they don't have to be a believer in the creator from that document. They can't make but, you. They can't, nor should they, and I don't know that most of them would say, they can't make you. Can't make you what? They can't make you call them a particular pronoun. No, no that's, well, I'm not you even know. talking about calling somebody. So let's, let's talk about same-sex marriage. It was not allowed yeah. in our country. But if you have two gay men that are not believers, that are out in the world, that just want to share and have a relationship, should they have the same rights as a male and a female? The argument, we can get into it. We can get into the argument all you want. I'm not sure what the argument against is. I guess well, it's just a strictly bi- biblical argument. That's right? Well, from the Bible's perspective, depending on how you interpret the Bible, it's wrong. It doesn't build culture. It doesn't do anything that— but. What does that matter in today's society exactly? You see why we wrestle with these things? Because for me, it's like, okay, I want to do what God says, but I also don't think that I have the right to just push what I believe on everybody else. I can tell them in a loving way what I believe, but making them follow my law. Right. Remember in our earliest episodes that used to piss me off that you couldn't buy beer until after one o'clock on a Sunday? Yeah. Do you remember those days? I didn't know they were gone. Oh, they are. Well, not everywhere. There's some still places so listen, that are dry. So listen, you, I, I worked, I, I went to school on the border of North and South Carolina. Okay. So I lived in South Carolina and on, you couldn't buy on Sundays at all, but you could buy up till 2 a.m. Okay. Okay. Every on day. Saturday, Even on. Saturday night, you could stay at the bar till 2 a.m. That's into Sunday. Yeah. In North Carolina, that bar had to be closed at midnight. And this is in Charlotte. On Saturday. But I could go in in the morning at 11 o'clock or 1 o'clock or whatever in Charlotte. was maybe a little bit ahead of everybody else. And buy alcohol from 1 until until the next midnight. Oh. Which was the most bizarre thing because I'm like, so what they're doing is they're just the people that can't plan ahead. They're punishing. Yeah, <laughs> for real. They're just punishing anybody that can't plan seven hours ahead. Yeah, I mean that. So that would mean that you've obviously had too much to drink if you can't plan ahead. Is that <laughs> is enough. that infringing upon the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for oh, someone that's else? A, that's a difficult question because your acts, your actions, don't just affect yourself. Uh huh. Yeah, your actions don't necessarily just affect yourself. But if I, so if a law tells me, I'm sorry, you can't have alcohol. Now, I do know this, like for instance, Ingalls up here in Western North Carolina, you can't buy alcohol until after 9 a.m., but that's just a company policy. I Did didn't you know, know that? that. I've never tried to buy it before nine. No, and the only reason morning. I found out is because there was a man that came up and he had like a big case and he was getting ready to buy something. And she was like, I'm sorry, you can't buy that until after nine. He was like, well, I have to be somewhere by nine and I'm buying it now. Can I go ahead and get it? And she was like, no, it's after <laughs> nine. He was like, why? You have it for sale right here and there's no sign that tells me that I can't. That's and he was getting a little policy. belligerent. Yeah, and she's like, well, it's our policy. It's huh. a, I'm a cashier, dude. I don't make the policy. Yeah. No, it was actually the front manager oh, that was. But she that didn't was, make. He didn't make that apology. No, 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 no. Policy. No. You're oh. right, but I guess the point is this: you're going to sell it. You have it available, and you're open from these hours to these hours. Why can't you sell everything in the store? Well, because it's company policy. Yeah. Well, why can't you buy alcohol before nine o'clock? Well, it's their company policy. This was a long podcast just to like get mad at Ingles. Yeah, it's I their say, fault. You should not shop at Ingles anymore. You should get I'm not. I'm going to go to Aldi because it's cheaper. Ingles right. is very expensive Aldi, anyway. Aldi is the best. It is the best. Uh, Lidl. Where's Who? that? I love Lidl. I don't know it. It's not up here, right? No, I don't think no, so. I've never heard it's of Lidl. Aldi and Lidl. I go back and forth between those two. If you ever come to Smartburg, I'll take you to Lidl. All right. All right. I'm, I'm well, there. I, I love just, me a discount grocery store. It's a discount. <laughs> it's so good. I love it. I only shop at Ingles because it's close to my job and close to home. Right. And I don't like to drive all the way out to other places. But and and I, I went into an Aldi one time and I looked at it and I was like, eh. It's, I don't know. It's kind of questionable. Some of the stuff that no, I was no, that's at. a good no, grocery. No, it's, it's that's, great. No, it that's was an Aldi. Grocery. But no, yeah, I, it I've been a in a go. Smell. I went in a go, and I was like, "That's not how you mop a floor." You've been. <laughs> that's, not, that's why it smelled funny. You've just been. You've been trained. You've been trained to doubt store brands. If you like this Aldi store brand Mandarin oranges versus like the Dole Mandarin oranges you get in a cup, they're like 
twice as good. Like that's a specific example I have in my mind because yeah. I bought Mandarin oranges from and half Ingles. the price. Yeah, from Ingles, and they were like not store brand. They were like Dole, and and I was like, this is trash. I can never eat these Mandarin oranges again. <laughs> Bring me back to Aldi. Yeah. And it's not like that with everything, but you can, uh, we've diverged wildly. I love so it. So there's reports. Like, but you, you have can, freedom to shop there. That's right. Yeah. You can buy the worst Mandarin oranges you, as bad as you want to get I hope them. they sell like butt tons of beer before 9 a.m. there because yeah. I'll change. <laughs> I don't think they open. I don't even they. drink. I just want the right to. So you know how all these places, they get all of them get their food from the same place. Like if they order macaroni elbows from one of like three factories in the United States, possibly world. And what they do is they tell the manufacturer the quality. This these are the this is the quality standard I want my stuff made to. This is how it works. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you're buying. Cereal comes from six different factories. I'm lying. It's probably two. It's probably worse than you think. And you just, you call up that and you say, I want to make a cereal. Here's how I want you to make it. Yeah. Aldi consistently, you, if you talk to people that work at these places, Aldi consistently has their stuff manufactured, their foods manufactured to higher qualities than like even national brands. Wow. Yeah, absolutely true. So the founders of Lidl, Aldi, and Trader Joe's were all- Relatives. I'm not sure. I think two of them were, were brothers, relatives? and one of them was a cousin. It's a lot of German. There's a lot of German stuff. Aldi in there. bought Trader Joe's. I thought they were originated by the same people, but they bought. They, they were brothers. It. Yeah. Oh, they were brothers. No kidding. Those uh. two were brothers. And Lidl too. And Lidl was a cousin or something huh. like that. Cool. That is cool. And Lidl, all their buildings kind of have this weird they sort got a, of like triangle, a and it's all glass. It's really pretty. Yeah, it is. This has been. I enjoyed this podcast. <laughs> I like to go just sit and talk. Yeah, and uh, the Burrows of Bria is brought to you by Aldi. And Lidl. Yeah, and Lidl. Lidl. Don't Trader Lidl Joe's. Lidl, but now I do. And Trader Joe's. Well, this has been good, and I know you know. I know that for the conservative I side. I don't even remember where we were. Well, we I just no. I was done. Really, I just stores. I, I'm not. I'm not a left-leaning liberal. I'm, not, I'm really not. But I'm not an extreme or even – I don't know how to describe it. I'm, I guess I'm somewhat conservative. But in a lot of ways, it's like I understand the plight. I hear the words from these people, and I get it. The one thing you were talking about, Engels, Engels' policy about beer. Yeah. And, and I think a problem that we have with freedom in this country is we confuse Engels' policy with beer – with national law about beer. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. That is not Engels not selling beer at a certain time is not an infringement on your rights. No. That's not, not how rights work. It's, you know, it's only the government can infringe on your rights. Everybody else is just doing whatever they want within yes. their own rights. Mm-hmm. So we that gets lost sometimes. Yes, it's the the constitution was made to hold back the government, right. not, the not the people or the co- corporations the people, or the anybody else. It was the government it was meant to put in a box. Right. And we have allowed that box to get greatly grandiosely large. State rights girl over there. Yeah. Well, definitely Even just- our state governments are Way large. You you prefer small government versus large government, yeah. Well, it's more they're more accountable to the people they govern. For instance, when the Constitution was written, it was one House of Representatives, which is the closest thing to the people, the House of Representatives, one representative for every thirty three thousand people. This is an excellent point, and I know where you're going. Now it's more like one to four hundred seventy-five thousand, or five hundred and seventy. It's, it's or right even, around or some way more. Because it could be more depending on where you are. People, uh, representatives in California, each represent way more people because of the way I don't know. It's graded on a curve, not just senators, but representatives. It's yeah. the representatives. The yeah. senators there's two from each state, but the the, the density. So. There is a constitutionally set maximum of representatives. So with 400, whatever it is now, we're at the— 435. 435. That's the constitutionally mandated maximum. So when they hit that, they just stopped adding representatives. No matter how many people come into the country or how many people they represent, they no longer— 
<laughs> listen to the people. So you're only, you go to your local county governments. Sometimes yeah. those don't, but they're they're much more likely to listen if a hundred of you show up at a county council right. meeting versus if you show up at the <laughs> House of Representatives, a hundred of you. They're not going to hear you. They're going to be like, you're going to be arrested or you're going to be just ignored. Or A hundred people to a federal representative is nothing. not that big a deal. No. no. Whenever Madison Cawthorn was over the 11th district, you know, I met him before he was voted in and I didn't vote for him, but he came to my shop and I met with him and I didn't vote for the kid. I just thought he was too young and too braggadocious. But beyond that, he did his thing. He did his stint. He's gone, Right. I never saw him the whole time that he was in. He was he was up on the upper echelons. He was in on CNN. He was doing his thing on Fox News, and he was everywhere. But he wasn't anywhere near us, okay? So then he's ousted, and now we have Chuck Edwards, mm-hmm. all right? And Chuck Edwards has been putting out these – like, I get emails from Chuck Edwards that says – hey, we're going to have a mobile unit that's going to be at such and such place where we can meet with you. And if you have any questions or any concerns or things you want to talk about, please come and meet us there. Some of these guys really try hard. I don't don't know Chuck Edwards very well, but some of them, despite the reality of the population, some of them do try quite hard. And so he's trying really hard. So I arrive and there's like 11 people there. Right, you know, well, and there's he's, also that, yeah. Yeah, so you got, sometimes the people are just, they don't care. I'm I'm a giant fan of Jeff Jackson. He's not ours, but I love that guy. Yeah? Yep. Where's he from? Uh, Charlotte area, oh, okay. I don't know. They, he got oh, a, yeah, he's got like a channel, he's got like a TikTok that's really hot. I love him. He's like so, he just, he explains things like you wish representatives would explain things. Yeah. Like, that's his superpower. He just treats you like another damned human. Yeah. You know. That's a novel concept. No kidding. Yeah. A damned human? Yes. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) (laughs) He treats you like a damned Damned human. human. I I would take the one that's treating me like the not damned human. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they each their own cherry. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, it's his liberty. Right. Yeah. Okay. That was fun. I enjoyed just having that talk. Yeah. Thanks for talking with me guys about that. Yeah. Beatitudes next time. (laughs) Yeah. It's a, Dang it, it's I a studied gender, those. The Beatitudes. Well, listen, we're not going to go away I'm, from I it. I was interested in that, too. Yeah, we're not going to throw it in a trash bin. We'll get back. No, and just to be perfectly honest with you, it's it's a gender-fluid band that Andy is— uh, Oh, no, that was the reversals. Song. They might hate that I mentioned their name. i got to decide if I should beep that out or not. Okay, reversals, 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 reversals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're look super the awesome people, and the music's they're really— cool if you like 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 kind of like dark electronic goth stuff you had me at dark i love dark like they, electronic there's music some cool songs and kind of reminds me of the matrix like in the when the matrix first begins oh they know? could put they could put a song in the matrix yeah I bet you. absolutely i've never seen the matrix oh, really and i love that movie uh, you know what it is it's a story about jesus you told watch it. in modern time yep that's pretty wild. Yes, sir. Yep. And then both of them became women. It's a story <laughs> oh, yeah. act. Did you know that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Both yeah. directors yep. became women, and they. it's like the story from start to finish. Anyway, it's pretty wild. All right, Sarita, <laughs> you're thinking, <laughs> it's a story about Jesus, but they became women? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's so confused. Yeah, I'll explain it uh, later. The Matrix The Matrix holds a stands up. I think it's pretty pretty. Well. The original Matrix. Yeah, the, the first the one. The first one yeah, by itself yeah, is yeah. absolutely the amazing. Sequels, Have you ever seen it? I don't want to talk yeah. about it. It's amazing. Yeah. It really is. But yeah, I don't want to talk about it either. Um, especially the latest one that came out on HBO with I, I want to like it so bad, but I've heard so many bad reviews, I just haven't seen it. I'm yeah, like, I just nah. couldn't do it. I kept thinking of, you know— Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure with that one. I don't know why. He's like, whoa. You know, like, I just yeah. couldn't do it. Anyway, Andy, thanks. And Cherry, thanks for being here. Thanks, Rick. Absolutely. Thanks, y'all. All right. So this really wasn't a Bible study podcast today. We solved but- the Constitution. Hey, hey, we solved the problem. Absolutely. We'll talk to you guys again <laughs> next funny. time on the Burrows of Berea. Peace out. See ya. We'll get back to the Bible, we swear. Bye. <laughs> Hey guys, this is Rick from the Burrows of Berea. Do you know how much blood, sweat, and tears it takes to make a podcast? None. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't cost a lot. And so if you guys don't mind, if anybody would like to give to help us with these episodes, it would be great. We'll put out even more content. And if you go to our Patreon page, just search for the Burrows of Berea. You'll get extra notes, extra episodes, and it's pretty much free. A dollar gets you a lot. Thanks, guys. I mean... I have, I know some people who are homosexual and they live in 
whatever you want to call it. And I mean, they, they love one another. I mean, I guess, I guess the way I see it is like everybody has something that maybe we choose to do, whether it's that or something else that necessarily would be considered immoral on some level, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, yeah, even Andy. I mean, just no. Everybody. Everything I do is moral. <laughs> as, a, as a matter of fact, that's how I define it. Things Andy does are moral. But I do think what you know. You said no, not enough. Not enough people listen, um, and we're so quick to you know, well, this, that, whatever. But in reality, the more you read it, it's like oh, there's not out of all the things that the Bible lists. There's something that fits to all of us. That's yeah. correct. Mm-hmm. You know, and and um, I mean, gluttony. That's not to say that you're not a child of God. It's not to say that you don't love the Lord, but you've got this weakness, whatever that may be, and you feed it. And yeah. you know, it's not to say people can't live, live together and love one another, even in in <laughs> same sex, whatever you call it. Yeah. Well. Well, if we didn't go through the storms. We never know what God could bring us through. Or we would learn to bring an umbrella. All right. Are we rolling? With holes in it. We are <laughs> rolling, yeah. Seems like all my umbrellas have holes in them. Oh, Does yeah. anybody have a joke? I have one. 